0: All righty. Hey, give it up for the worship team this morning. Amen. Thank you for the wonderful worship. Great singing. Give it up for those people watching online, would you, this morning. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. That was kind of weak. Could you give it up for those people tuning in today? Come on, church. Thank you. Much better. Much, much better. Praise the Lord. Man, people coming back and people coming in, and I kind of I kind of think maybe, just maybe, we should start church an hour late every week, because some of y'all are here instead of watching online, so thank you for coming out, uh, thank you for getting up. It, really, sleeping in is kind of a nice idea, right? I don't hate it. I'll be tired at 9 o'clock tonight, I'll tell you that, but I don't hate it. Uh, Good. So a couple clues as to uh, not today's message, I'll get into that in a moment, but just maybe for breakthrough, a sense maybe in the first service, maybe this is true here, that you need a breakthrough. And if you need a breakthrough, one of the keys of things I've done in my life, uh, serving the Lord for now 45 years or better, uh, is learn how to praise before the breakthrough learn how to praise when things aren't going uh, like I want them to, and it's easy for the enemy to get in our head, right? And if he gets in our head, then sometimes it trickles down to our heart, and we think that maybe God's let us down. So one of the things I've done is just to praise God when things aren't going quite the way I want them to. Uh, Boston University did a scientific study, and when you're singing, uh, your left your left and right brain work together simultaneously. It's the only time. That's why some people that maybe, uh, we have singers that uh, have stuttering problems, country western stars, but they can sing normal, or people that with heavy accents, like in Australia and that, but they sing just like with a perfect, um, accent is because that's the time your left and right brain work together when you praise the left and right brain work together but so does the heart and so you're praising God for things that you know are going to work out whether they're there yet or not can you take five seconds and just give God a hand of praise because he's worthy because you can honor him Cause you can bless him praise God I mean that's a beautiful thing right And so even though maybe a health situation or an emotional situation or a heart situation, a a physical or spiritual situation, when you dare to believe God, when you dare to trust God before your answer is on the way and you start praising him, he'll dispatch angelic hosts from heaven for you, and that answer will come in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Uh, God is so good, right? Give him one more time. Come on, just because he deserves... He deserves a good praise today. Praise the Lord. So we're in the Do It Again uh, sermon series, like Janie said, and, and we would really love for him to do it again, the second service like he did the first. But not only then, but just all day long. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he did it for you, he'll do it for me. If he did it for the first, he'll do it for the second. If he did it for the second, he'll do it for the eventual third, fourth, and fifth, right? If he does it on a Sunday, he can do it on a Monday. He can do it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. If you see somebody kind of jacked up in service and God's doing it for them, he can do it for you as well. We just have to be obedient to God. We just have to love him. And this is a, there's a couple spots in this sermon that get a little, all right, you know, does pastor love me? Why is he calling out my sin? Pastor loves you. Pastor always loves you, right? God loves you more. And so when we go through the scriptures and there's times in the scripture that says not to do some stuff We may call some things out that doesn't mean that the church doesn't love you it Doesn't mean I don't love you it doesn't mean Janie doesn't love you it doesn't mean our team doesn't love you it Doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It just means there's some things that we have to address. All right The kids have been on me to go get a physical so I ain't getting no physical I don't I feel good, but maybe there's something there. Maybe you need to go get checked Maybe you have high blood pressure. Maybe you have high cholesterol. I don't maybe that french fry i had yesterday he's going to zoom my cholesterol up i got to find a good time but the the heart of the matter is sometimes we have to find out if there is an issue and so some of the things that we may approach today there you may have an issue with i want you just to hold on tight during that segment and say man I, does god love me or does god not love me no god loves you so much that sometimes he has to deal with things in our life are you with me do you still love me you're going to love me after this is over with? Yeah. That, well, let's hope. <laughs> no. It, it's going to be good. God, God's so good. God does things in a loving way. We're talking about uh, today, we're talking about sanctification. And just so you know, our stance as a church on sanctification is that it's a process. So salvation, being redeemed, is instantaneous. You love God. You accept what Christ did for you uh, on Calvary. His blood bought you back. You receive that. You're saved. You're going to go to heaven. That's a beautiful thing, okay? But sanctification, being changed from the inside out is sometimes a process it doesn't always happen overnight and so at Grace Church that's why we accept all people and we accept all people the way they are but we have to give people room for change Grace Church right so you can't uh, expect somebody to come in and if you've been serving the Lord for 30 or 40 years you can't expect them to look just like you in about five minutes it's going to take some time. Sanctification takes some time. Now, uh, every now and then, uh, once once or twice in our marriage, Janie and I have uh, purchased a new home. <laughs> Those of you that know us uh, know that's that's a bold-faced lie. We may have purchased a new home three times last year. Uh, that's probably be more like the truth. And she likes the home or the house, but she likes to make changes inside the house. Maybe take out a wall or maybe uh, change the counters or maybe do some painting or, or whatever. So when we buy a house, we make sure that there's room for change, okay? That she can come in and make the house the way she likes it. That's how Grace Church needs to be with new people. That you're invited in just the way you are, and then we need to give room for change. Now, if you're new to Grace Church, you need to give yourself room to change. You have to promise us that you'll allow God to change in you what he wants to change in you. Okay, And his word is clear on many things, and we'll talk about some of those today. So how many is with me? Are you all right if God changes you, right? And that's the whole idea behind sanctification is God brings change into our life, okay? He wants to change the things in our life that he knows aren't so good and that he wants to make better because he wants what's best for every single one of us. And so, again, so today is Jehovah. M. Kadesh, the God who sanctifies. We're going to read out of Leviticus. If you're a new believer, don't read Leviticus just yet. You're not ready for it, okay? Read something out of the New Testament or read a psalm or proverb. I'm going to read Leviticus, then we're going to jump really quickly to the New Testament because we have a lot of new believers in our congregation. The church is growing, good things are happening, and I'm not ready to freak you out just yet. We're gonna we're to save Leviticus for maybe a Bible study. And by the way, that's a good way to grow, is grab a small group in church or a Bible study or come to a prayer meeting or whatever, so that you can you can grow in Christ Jesus. Leviticus 20 and eight says this. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. The Lord Lord there we learned last week, and when it's all capitalized, that's a tetragrammaton. That means the presence of God. And so I am the presence of God who sanctifies M. Kadesh. Jehovah, the Lord is sanctifier. Mkadesh, I sanctify you, and so it's God's duty, job, obligation, pleasure to sanctify us, to to make us on this track to where the old things start to get old, the new things become new, and we're not worried about the things of how we used to be because we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So we're we're fresh. Okay, I I am. Um, I have a good friend in this service, Gary Sherrill. Gary, just raise your hand. He had operation recently, and I'm so glad that you're back in the fold. Uh, Ga- yeah, give it up for Gary. He's one of our board members. Uh, uh, there's really two people that are really critical to Janie and I being here, and Gary's one of those people. And, and we love Gary and, and Jerry so much. They serve the church. They bless the church. They, and they're. But Gary likes a clean car. If you've ever seen Gary's cars, nah, I mean, nice. He spends... I think he spends hours on his car. It's a beautiful, clean car, and I like a clean car. I like like I like I pulling in on Sunday morning, and my car looks good. It's clean. The rims are nice, and and so I'm going to talk to you for a moment just about car washes because I, I like, I, I used to wash the car all the time, and sometimes the day just is not long enough for me to wash my car, and so I'll take it to a car wash, and I've tried different car washes in town, okay? And the, the car washes that you go through, and like at the end of it, They don't have a dryer they have that like misting water and that's the dry cycle and i'm like you can't dry a car with water i don't want i don't want the 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 water cycle right i want to i want to i want the i want the big blowers to blow the thing and and so then i went to another car wash that one didn't work out i went to another car wash and it was a a touchless car wash Ever been to a touchless car wash? And I get the idea, but I'm thinking if I'm standing at the kitchen sink and I'm just spraying the water on the dishes, and Janie's like, What are you doing? I'm doing touchless washing. I'm not going to put a sponge on these things. Uh-uh. I'm doing the touchless wash. And I think the touchless wash is good if' that's your, if that's your vibe go ahead and do it but to me it's not like I want something more powerful so then I go to the other car wash and it's got the it's got the things that, that do it really good and it washes the car and afterwards you get the blower but then I go outside and I take a look around and I got a dry part of it still and maybe the rims aren't quite the way I want it so uh, you know I paid 20 or 25 dollars for the car wash but now I got to go finish the job And so then what do I do? Well then maybe I take it to a detailer and the detailers do a really good job they're they're they toothbrush the whole vent system and they're cleaning the rims and they're vacuuming places that you know don't even you don't even know exist. you know they're they're actually doing a really really good job well i want i want you to think today that maybe god's the detailer you're in the car wash of life with your spirit your soul your body and god's doing the detail work and so if it's okay with you I want you to put yourself in the, the car wash of spirituality and allow God today to detail you and maybe even vacuum out some places you didn't know existed. Maybe introduce you to some stuff that you're not aware of. Maybe clean up a few things in your life. If you've allowed, how many would give God that opportunity today just to clean up some things in your life that maybe you didn't even know were there? The detailer, that's what they do. They, they detail. And I think that's what God does by the power of the Holy Spirit, is he's not just going to run you through and call it good. He's going to pick on some things that maybe you have in your life. If it's okay with you, this is how gentle the Holy Spirit is, but if it's okay with you, he may He may open some things that say, hey, what have you thought about this? Or maybe, maybe you should clean that up. That's what a good detailer will do. That's what a good car guy does. And then you'll actually feel better. And maybe that's what a good doctor does too. You'll, you'll just start to feel better after this thing's over with. And it's like, man, I've been wanting to get rid of that or I've been wanting to clean that out. I've been wanting to take that to a, you know, a, a thrift store or something. And spirituality, in spiritually, we think the same thing. that maybe we've been hanging on to some stuff a little bit too long that God wants to get rid of. And you need to make room for change today. Now, you need to make room for change for yourself, not for somebody else. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to change us, each and every one of us. We're not going to work on other people today. Again, that's the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go then. We'll read it one more time. Keep my statutes and do them. I am Lord, the Lord, Jehovah. The Lord is who sanctifies, M Kadesh, you. I'm the Lord who's going to sanctify you, not Pastor Mark. Not the person sitting next to you. Not the person that you're going to go home with today. The Lord is going to sanctify you. Let's go over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. If you're into Bible memory... Uh, this is the best chapter. What are the best chapters in all of Scripture to memorize the whole thing? Ephesians 4. It's a power-packed uh, Scripture. We're going to read seven or eight verses, 17 through 24. Uh, but if you're into memory, uh, Ephesians 4 would be a good one. So Paul is writing this, uh, the church of Ephesus, and he says, Now this I say, and testify. The word testify means to do it again. So we're looking at this then uh, in the form of our whole, A series titled, Do It Again. If God did it once, he'll do it again. If he can sanctify uh, the Israelites through the Levitical priesthood, he can sanctify Grace Church uh, on a Sunday morning in 2023. If he did it once, he'll do it again. This I say... And testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Now, Gentiles here are not non-Jewish people. Gentiles here would be non-believers. So it was a common knowledge, a common theory of that day that if you received Christ, you became a new Hebrew. You became a, a new Jew, all right? You were part of the, the new uh, culture. And so this is just simply saying these are not people who are not Jewish. These are people who are non-believers, people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. By the way, this is why we want to make room for people who are trying to find Jesus. If we don't allow them some space and some grace to become become one of a, a Christ follower, then we're pushing them out the door. So Paul is saying this, you no longer walk as non-believers, now you're walking as a believer and in the futility of their minds. And so, we see people sometimes that want to debate uh, things of Christ. We want, debate the scriptures. We have people that will study the Bible, and that's good, but then they don't do anything with their knowledge, or they're judgmental in people. And so, the futility of the mind is someone who tries to reason away who God is, or tries to. It's not our job to necessarily uh, debate them. It's our job to love them, and to be Jesus to them, the love of Jesus Christ, right? And so, you can share the good news. That's a good thing. Marcus and I were in Trinity earlier this Uh, summer back in June and uh, we came across a lot of Hindu people and Marcus likes to share the good news with the Hindus okay so his heart hurt because like I I can't uh, I can't convince them and it's not really his job to convince right it's his job to share it's your job to share, not to convince some well, plant, some water, but what? God gives the increase. Now, uh, as a competitive nature in his spirit, as an evangelist, he wants to make sure that you know Jesus Christ before he goes on to the next house. N- nothing wrong with that. That's, that's good and honorable, all right? But at the same time, you can't always convince someone who's stuck in their mind that God is not the way. All right, But you can share and you can love. And if they see Jesus in you, they're more apt to believe that Jesus is coming out of you. Amen? And so that's the idea of what Paul is telling us here. Verse 18 then says... They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. All right, let's stop here for a second before we go on. In my mind, and there could be other things, there's really about three ways sin happens, and you can take notes if you want. One, the first one is there's a willingness to sin. All right, you just know that you're doing wrong, and James says if you know to do right, but you don't do right, to that person is sin, and sin is simply missing the mark. There's a mark on you that God has put for you to move forward, and if there's a willingness to leave that mark or move that mark, then that's sin. Now, we know there are other sins in the world. We know that there's uh, varying degrees of consequences of sin, but all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, so everything is sin if it's not of God, right? We're born into sin, but we know there's consequences. You know, if you murder somebody, we say, well, that's a big deal, right? It's still sin to God. It's just like gossiping about somebody, but the problem is that the consequences are greater if you do that, and so we look at that willingness to sin. That's number one. Number two, then there's a selfish, prideful sin, all right, where you're not going to tell me what to do, God. Uh, We're set on pride, Uh, Proverbs, Solomon says the proud and haughty spirit goes before a fall. And so there's a prideful spirit. That would be the person that maybe even knows to do good, knows, knows uh, 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 even more so than the willingness, is that I'm going to do it anyway. I'm the smartest person in the room. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to go ahead and do this, and, and so be the consequences. That's the prideful part. And then what Paul says here, there's an ignorant sin. A sin of maybe not knowing better. And that's why uh, we should get into our word. Uh, The word that I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This is what the psalmist said. So if I get God's word in my heart then I'm not going to sin. Why? Because the word's going to push out some of that stuff. All right. And so if I'm ignorant to it uh, the Bible says in Acts uh, in the New Testament Bible says in uh, Proverbs in the Old Testament that God once winked at sin. It was like it was okay but now it's not anymore because he's given us the tools so that when we get to the other side if we have that kind of with God, and we say we don't know, he'll say shame on us because we have churches, we have evangelists, we have apostles and prophets, we have teachers and preachers, we have have Bible studies and small groups. And again, at Grace Church, that's why you should jump into a Bible study or a small group, and they're listed on our website. We'd encourage you to get in one because we don't want to be the people at the end of times where God says, hey, why didn't you teach the people? We want to be continual teachers, but we also want to be continual learners, amen? And so we understand that there's an ignorance out there. And that's a really avoidable one because we can gain that knowledge. She says, the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So then it becomes a heart issue, right? Not a mind thing, but it's a heart thing. Because our mind. if our mind controls our heart, too many things can come into our mind. But if our heart controls our mind, we may not be able to explain it, but we can understand it because the Lord deals with us in that way in that realm. So again, the three levels or three ways is be willingness, okay? Selfishness and ignorance are three ways of sinning, missing the marks. Let's go on to verse number 19. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Unfortunately, we're going to stop here for a minute. We're not going to blow by that. So this is where Janie says, put your steel-toed shoes on for a minute. What he's talking about, and I have to to, I have to carefully navigate this, but I also be, have to be straightforward because, as a teacher, I'm held responsible and accountable by God when I get to the other side for teaching this to you. Can you say Amen? Do you love me? Will you love me five minutes from now? Most of you, there's few of you, few of you are still thinking about it, but that's okay. That's part of what we're about. So. He says, giving themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And so we like to get really strong one way, and we like to talk about different groups, maybe transgender or homosexuality or things of that nature. Like, yeah, Pastor, go ahead and just... Listen, I I said this a few years ago, and I'll say it again. It's okay to be gay. It's not okay to practice homosexuality, Paul said. All right, hush falls over the crowd. People are processing it. Did he just say that? Paul said those who practice homosexuality. So someone says, Pastor, I was born this way. All right, I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow with that. You were born into a fallen root world. I don't know the psyche of everything, behavioral instances. But uh, if that's the case, if you say that, it's not okay to practice it. Just as it's not okay to practice premarital sex. Thank you, Della, for preach. For, for, say preach. Everybody say preach. preach. Everybody still love me? Yeah. See, did you get that phone? Is that God calling? Yeah. Francis, is God calling? Okay. Thank, tell him I said hi. Thank you. It's, that was probably a good break. We needed a little laugh there for a moment. That was, that was a good. So hear me again because I love you. I'm going to share my thoughts scripturally and biblically on these things, okay? And so we, we have a, a tongue, but it's, and it's good to speak, but it's not good to gossip. So we don't look at that as a heavy sin because we can mask it as a prayer thing, okay? Listen, God made marriage for man and woman, all right? If you believe in civil union, that's a different level for insurance reasons or whatever. That's not okay, but you can't have sex, because marriage is between a man and a woman. This is biblical marriage. Oh, Pastor, you're really down. in uh, Time out for a second. I'm just doing what the Bible says, okay? Paul says to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. We're talking about the old man. We're not talking about the new. Are you with me? Are you uncomfortable? A little bit? All right, so... when we talk about when Paul's talking about this he's talking about hardcore stuff like he's not talking about all right little sins he's talking about big sins although everything is sin and listen Marcus will explain to you at the very end does a lot better than job than I will as far as just the love of God God loves you he can't love you anymore any less right but if we want how many wants God's best in their life? I mean, I want God's I want God's best. I want God to love me. All right, we got some groups that don't want any. So, I have to preach to the ones that do and then we'll get through it and then we we can come back around. And so, what what do you mean, pastor? Like, I mean, if you're growing in maturity, you have to know what's good and not good. You have to know what's good and what's evil. You have to know what's not sin and what's sin. Biblically speaking, the things I'm talking about, if you choose to do them, to know what is right and not do it, that is sin. Are you with me? And so because we have a church and we have people and we have America and the culture in America drives the church rather than the church driving the culture, we have a lot of believers that follow culture and they don't follow Scripture. Because of that, then we have to kind of set things back in order a little bit, okay? And so I'm concerned here with what Paul says, greeted practice every kind of impurity. If it's impure, when you look up that word, then there's a whole list of lust and desires and things that we should not do. If those apply to you, we're not asking you to change. We're asking you to allow the Lord to change those things in you that need to change. You're always welcome at Grace Church, Grace Church, that's what Grace Church is about, for all people. Well, you're saying that, no, I'm not saying it at all. Paul's telling you that. So don't get mad at me, get mad at Apostle Paul. Don't get mad at the messenger. Just get mad at the message. Right? Uh, I got some of you. What do I do now? Well, I have to speak truth, right? Are you judging my sin? I'm not judging anything. Matthew, 5, 1 through, Matthew 7, 1 through 5 says, judge not lest you be judged for the same measure that you judge, the same measure will come back to you. Why do you look at the speck in somebody else's eye when you've got a plane coming out of your own eye? So what I say is I'm not judging, I'm just informing. Because everybody's welcome here. But information, like if there's a red light, and hey, the light's red, sometimes, you know, I got things on my mind, and Janie said, are you going to stop? Why? Because it's a red light. Crap, I'm stopping. If she doesn't inform me, it's still my fault for running the red light or getting T-boned by a car, but it's a lot better if she informs me so we don't have an accident. So it's a whole lot better if I inform you of what maybe you need to do, and then you work it out with God. And God gives you clearance on it, even though the Bible says, so God's not going to be contrary to his word. Is that all right? Can I? All right. I mean, thank you, the two of you that think it's Okay. Here's here So here's the deal. Thankfully, I don't have to stand in front of you at judgment. I have to stand in front of the Father. And if the Father says, you should have preached what I gave you. And yeah, you're going to make a few people mad, but they'll get over it because I love them. And then Paul says, if you see a brother that's hurt or in sin, James actually says, Jesus' brother. If you see a person in sin, go to them and tell them of their wrongdoing. And you've, what, recovered a brother or rescued a brother or sister. And so I'm just going to give you some things to think about. If you find yourself in a place that you shouldn't be sinful-wise, hey, maybe the Lord wants you to change today, right? Amen, two, amen, three, four. Got a couple there. Good. Verse 20, that's the hard part. That, but that is not the way you learned Christ. You didn't learn Christ through sexual impurity. You didn't learn Christ by doing things you shouldn't have done you learned Christ by his goodness because it came running after you and it became chasing after you and it came, it came loving you now listen if there's things or areas in your life and you want to be a Christ follower then there's going to be things that you just might have to clean up not to be a Christ follower because you already are but to get God's best in your life all right verse 21 assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in jesus verse 22 to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, all right? This is Paul is saying exactly what some of us are walking through and thinking through right now, verse 23. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, okay? And that's it. Let me stop here for a second. And so the, the, Bible, or the Bible, I'll have scripture, but there's a couple things. So our thoughts, this is why he talks about mind, our thoughts become our words, Sometimes people speak without thinking. You know that. It gets gets them in trouble. But for the most part, if we're thinking about stuff, a conversation we're going to have, something we're going to do, then it comes out in our words. As a man thinks... So is he, Solomon says. And then our words become our actions. So then all of a sudden we start to we start to speak those things out. And you learn this in seminars. It's, it's a biblical belief, but people have done it for Tony Robbins and those guys have done it for years. Start speaking those things out. Start calling those things out. Well, Romans four seventeen tells us the same thing. Even God who quickens dead calls those things that aren't as though they are. And so our mind starts to speak words. Our words then become actions. Okay. And as we speak those things out now we start to become that thing. We're calling those things, and our actions become habits, okay? And our habits become, uh, I like what Marcus talked about, training a child up in the way that they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart from that. I don't know if many of you knew this, but Marcus gets very transparent when he speaks out, and Marcus had a terrible drug problem growing up. I mean, people don't know that. We don't share that information with a lot of people. And I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to share it even today. He had a drug problem, all right? And so uh, he, he tells people when he speaks, I had a terrible drug problem growing up. I was drugged to Sunday school. I was drugged to church. I was drugged to uh, Tuesday night prayer meeting. I was drugged to Wednesday night. I was drugged to Sunday night service. He was drugged all over the place. He, every time the church were open, he was drugged to church. I don't know what type of drug problem you were thinking, but... He had a drug problem. And and another thing I'll tell you about Marcus, but he gives all of his money to charity. All the money he gets, he gives to charity. (laughs) Uh, Some of you got that. Those watching online, his wife's name is Charity. He gives everything he makes to charity. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good habits. Listen, those are good habits in our life when we develop good habits, and this is what I said in the first service, maybe, you know, the kids want me to go to the doctor. Our good habits are things that will make us better. And so pastor's not mad at you today. He's not calling out sin, although he sounds like it. He's calling out lifestyles that maybe will not be good for you when you decide I'm going to die even 100% with the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm diving in 100% with the Lord Jesus Christ, even at an older age, there are going to be things that God wants me to get rid of. And why do we stop and judge just a few things when God's the judge of all, right? So we're not judging each other today. We're judging ourselves. And as you judge yourself, be mindful of those things that we have to look. So your actions become habits. Habits become character. Are you upstanding? Are you the same when people are looking as they're not looking? Are you the same in front of a business crowd as you are in front of a church crowd? It becomes our character, and then character becomes your destiny. It becomes who you are. And you were meant for good things. God is in charge. God is in love. God loves you. God cares for you. He's in charge of your life if you allow him to be. He told Jeremiah, I mean, I've got good plans for your life. This thing's going to be good. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. He he thought he was destined and doomed, but God had such a great story for his life. Let's go to 24 and the last one here. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's stop there for a second. He says, put on your new self. In other words, a negative mindset equals negative consequences, right? And so the enemy bothers me with things that maybe I did or things maybe I'm even doing, but God, in his love and mercy brings me into a spirit of conviction that I put on a new self. The old self needs to be put away. Now I'm a new child. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not a new creature because I'm going to heaven. I can be a new creature right here. But God works from the inside out. You might not see it. I might not see it in you. But God sees it in both of us because he sees it in our heart, right? He sees it as we turn our heart uh, humbly over to him. Then he loves us. And so there's a mindset. Renew the spirit of your mind. And so what we have to do is we have to push a reset sometimes. Uh, on my iphone it's not the newest one but sometimes my iphone will act up and what do i do i just shut it off all right i shut it off and then 30 seconds or a minute later two minutes later i turn it back on and it resets itself sometimes you have to put away the old you have to form a reset that says that's how i used to be that's not how i am all right that's not that's not me anymore you might think it is. Some people will think of myself and Janie back when we were in our teenager seal. We're not, at, we're, trust me, we're not teenagers anymore, all right? But you might have friends or people that look at you, the enemy might haunt your mind and say, look at you, you're not worthy to go to church. You did this. No, no, no. I'm pushing a reset. I'm a new child in the kingdom of God. He loves me just the way I am. And so I'm a, I've renewed the spirit of my mind. What is it? I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. My mind becomes new, all right? And then he says, created after the likeness of God. So when you look in the mirror, do you know you were made after the image of God? When I look in the mirror, Carly was taking pictures at the, at the first service, and I said, hey, get me from the chest up today. I look a little puffy in this shirt. And she said, I'll do the best I can, Pastor, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not sure that's going to help. And so I don't look in the full-length mirror right now. I look in the mirror that gives me this, this look, and this ain't much to look at either. I'm just saying, I'm just being honest. But when I look in the mirror spiritually, I see the face of heaven. I see the Holy Spirit. I see God the Father. I see a creator who created me and loves me. He is not looking at your outside. he's looking at your inside. And church, can I tell you, he loves what he sees. He wants to see a humble heart that loves you. He wants to see a humble, humble heart that loves God. He wants to see a humble heart that just loves humanity and loves each other. He wants to see a humble heart that he can change and he can mold that's pliable to him. That he's the potter and you're the clay and he can mold you into the person that he wants you to be. We're not bashing people today. Hopefully we're lifting people up and saying, what, you know, you can do it. But if God is asking you to change because he's the sanctifier, then 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says he's made a way out for you. He's made a way that he can can walk this thing through. This is a beautiful scenario. You're here by divine appointment today. I wasn't even supposed to be preaching today, but I think God's got a word for you. The sanctifier. Sometimes in order for things to be sanctified, they have to be purged. There's a burning that... There's a dross that takes place. The dross separates from the purity. The purity could be gold. There would be dross. The purity could be uh, silver. There would be dross. The dross gets scraped off, and then we have this refiner's fire. That's true sanctification. If you're willing to go through the refiner's fire, God will refine you, but you'll be like pure gold when this thing's over with. It's an amazing thing when God says he loves you so much he'll send you through that refiner's fire. We're in the likeness. We're in the image. Uh, the uh, Ephesians two chapters later tells us about the armor of God. It tells us about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Our feet are, are prepared to share the good news. We have a sword of the Spirit. We have a shield of faith. And when we put those on, they're not our. There's no weapons in there, right? You know. You know why? Because you don't need the weapon. You become the weapon of God. You become that sword. You become that shield. You become that salvation. You become those things. And so they're not armor that we put on, although Paul says put it on. It's armor that we become because we become the word to people. We become faith to people. We become that shield and that sword to people. We become life givers. We're not a sword of the spirit that cuts people down. We're a sword of the spirit that lifts people up. We enjoy that part. And then the true righteousness and holiness of God as the worship team comes back, we, we know and we say this here at Grace Church is that we, we, we preach grace and we love grace so that truth can be told and truth can be, truth can be honored truth can be lifted up. And so when you look at the idea of, of grace and we see grace in, in people, grace isn't so that we can live it any way we want. Grace is so that we are introduced to this beautiful God who says, if you, if you allow me to, to mold you and to move you the way that uh, you know I can, then I'll make you something special in the kingdom. And then we, we look at holiness. Holiness and sanctification are the same, and they both mean to be set apart. And so it's not set apart, again, so that we say we're different than somebody else, that we're a club and you don't, you don't belong here or we're stuck in legalism or religious tradition. It's set apart saying that, you, God, you love me so much. You've, you've called me out. You've called me out of that, that sinful way, and now you're molding me. So we're, we're set apart in this, in this room that says, God, I want more of you. I need more of you. I've got to have more of you, and Lord, would you would you sanctify me? By the way, In Leviticus, if you read the scriptures before and after, the chapters before and after, Jesus says this about sanctification, they were stoning people. Like, they would take them out back, they would recognize their sin, and they would stone people. Aren't you glad the church doesn't stone people anymore, right? I mean, that's the beauty of the New Testament. The beauty of the New Testament is is grace. It's love. It's forgiveness. It's mercy. It's all the beautiful things that we walk through. And so I'm thankful for for God, the Father, that his son, son Jesus Christ. Thankful for the Holy Spirit that, yeah, he might convict me in an area. Maybe he's convicted you in an area. Stand with me today, all of you, if you would. We're going to sing Jehovah Jireh. I love the song. and, And God does provide for each and every one of us. But hear me when I say this. Quite often... I'll ask the Holy Spirit to reveal within me things that maybe don't please him or don't please the father. I don't ask him to reveal in in Janie. That's between her and the Holy Spirit. I don't ask the Lord to really reveal even in you. I do ask corporately for our church. Lord, would you would you reveal corporately, but I don't I don't pick out individuals and say, "Lord, would you deal with that? Would you deal with Carson?" God, just deal with Carson. He's got that beard growing. I, I don't like it. I just want him to shave that thing. It looks good, by the way. I don't, I don't ask God to deal with people unless it's corporate. But I ask him to deal with me individually. So here's what I'd ask you to do today during this next song. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to deal with you if there's anything in your life that's not pleasing to him? That's it. And if And if... He deals with you and says, yeah, I wish you would stop this. Then ask Him to help you stop that. Ask Him to help you stop doing those things. That's the power of God. God doesn't expect you just to stop like that without helping you walk through that. And then if you tell me, hey, pastor, I want to get water baptized, or I need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or we got people in place that will pray with you, and we have services down the road for healing and different stuff. And so it's not, listen, it's not, we love Grace Church. We love what God's doing at Grace Church. But God's telling us, hey, maybe there's another level of sanctification that we can walk through. And I want you, if you will, to be Open enough and humble enough to ask God through the Holy Spirit to show you, not to show me your flaws. Jenny and I promised 23 years ago we would not be the Holy Spirit in people's lives. If God speaks to us, He can speak to you. And if He's speaking to you about something that you need to release and let go, or if He's speaking to you about something that you're dealing with now, to give you the power to release and let go. So I'm asking you to raise your hands. I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. I'm going to ask you as your pastor if you would ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything in your life that needs to be revealed to you to reveal it so that you can repent of it and move forward. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing amongst people right here and right now. I pray a spirit of blessing over them, Lord, and I pray the Holy Spirit would convict us all if there's anything in our life that needs to be changed or dealt with, forgiven or removed from, that we can put on the new self the mindness of the mindness of Christ, and that we can have a mental or spiritual reset right now. Lord, that we can be the children of God that you want us to be, to walk in your love. Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies, we pray that over our congregation right here, right now, those watching online, bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: He dresses the lilies With beauty
2: more than enough more than you last think or imagine according to his power
3: And you express your appreciation to your pastor for preaching a timely and powerful message and to the Lord. We serve the Lord who sanctifies. He is the Lord that sets us apart. And I don't know about you, but this message could be kind of convicting, you know, because the Holy Spirit, you're, you're inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And sometimes in those moments for me, I feel like, all right. Maybe I've messed up. Well, for instance, when I sin when I miss the mark Oftentimes my natural fleshly Tendency is to look at God and to say wow. I have disappointed you again And then I have to try to do good things in order to make God love me some more And I want you to know today that that is the furthest thing from the truth. That's not how it works. That's why this song was so appropriate. It was about Jehovah Jireh, you know, my provider. But today was about the Lord who sets apart. But it's, it's, it was an appropriate song for us, I think, because this song talks about the love of God. It says that you will never be more loved than you are right now in this moment. God loves you, and it's because of his love that he wants to set you apart. Listen, my kids do some really weird stuff, Okay. They just, they do weird things that are unhealthy that Charity doesn't want me to talk about, but it would, it's it's dangerous for their lifestyle. And and I say, you have to stop that. You know, if you keep doing that, it's not good. And um, and I tell them, I'm not mad at you. I'm saying this, and I'm doing this because I love you. We have a God that loves us, and it's not that he wants us to stop us from having fun and doing our own thing. It's very different than that. He says, I am a God that sets you apart because the things of this world are actually quite damaging for us. And he says, I don't want you to live in that mess. Instead, I want you to live in the light and in the truth. I'll give you one brief example. A pastor, he's preached here before. i shared this before, but he had a slumber party when he was a kid. They were sleeping in a barn in one of those haylofts, you know, up top. And, and at night, he was sleeping just nice and well, but his friend takes a, uh, a flashlight because he felt something. He turns it on him, and he had spiders all over, all over. He was sleeping, they had all these spiders on him. Now, he could have just kept sleeping, totally not knowing that there were spiders all over him. But when the spotlight was on, it felt really uncomfortable, right? But wouldn't he be—he was much more grateful that he had the, the light And in the same way, the word of God is the light that shines on each one of us. And we can say, you know what? That was uncomfortable. I didn't really like being exposed like that. And I but it's because of the love of God. We don't want to walk out of here the same way that we came in. We want to walk out of here set apart and sanctified. So let's pray that prayer of David in Psalm 139, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my thoughts, see if there is any offensive way in me, and lead us into paths of everlasting. Father, we thank you for the love of God, that each person here can just know that we are more loved than ever before, that that we have never been more loved, and we could never be more loved than who we are right now. God, that even in our sin, even when we were enemies of God, you proved us your love by sending your Son to die for us. Lord, I pray that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but that as we walk out of here, we know that we don't have to do anything good to prove ourselves to you or to make you love us anymore, but instead we know that we are children of God, and that is the truest thing about us. We pray it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you so much. God loves you. Hey, we'll see you Wednesday at 6.30 downtown for Friendsgiving. God bless you.